Heartburn. 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 Created by the University of Hartford Humanities Center Student Fellows. Mr. Brown's very right to own property is guaranteed by our Constitution. Yes, but well, Bill's missed the whole point to what happened at Mr. Brown's store. Mr. Brown has property, all right, but that's not what he's interested in. And he does help supply us with things we want. But that's not why he's in business. He's in business to make money. There's the basis of the capitalistic system, the profit motive. He may give service when he has to, to make a profit. Well, when I complained that his prices were too high, he could see those profits going right out the window if we didn't buy from him. So naturally, he offered to help us out with his truck so he could make a sale and a profit. And just think of all the others who made a profit on those weenies. Cattle growers, meat packers, shippers, distributors, they're all in business to make profit. Of course they make a profit, and it's a good thing. That's the incentive that makes capitalism work. With private ownership of property, the profit motive, and the competitive free market, American capitalism produces more wealth than the next 10 nations all combined. You and I benefit tremendously because of our great productive system, American capitalism. Our individual efforts bring us rewards higher than those realized by any people on the earth. Surely all of us can feel gratitude and pride toward American capitalism. Capitalism is a system by which we live and are told is the best system so that we can reach the ever-coveted American dream. In this system, we place a social hierarchy where we assume that effort and skill are more valuable than anything else, and as such, those who do more for themselves by seeking more capitalistic opportunities are better than those who don't. In this system, there can be a best and there can be a worst. My friend, Krista Gray, an alumni of the University of Hartford, is someone who I had a conversation about this with. My name is Krista Gray, and I double majored in communication with an emphasis in media and journalism and also marketing. I'm sure you, for a while, you've wanted to go down the comm business marketing track. Um, you know, it's just something you've wanted to do, but have you ever been told in your life to do something different because somebody thought that this track wasn't the right one? Um... I would say maybe more in high school, because I know for me, when I first came to college in high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, like most people trying to figure out what mm -hmm. they want to do for the rest of their lives. So I listened to my parents, because that's kind of your source of wisdom when you're in high school. And they were always very much like, oh, you should do something that's money, like only money and only focus on that. So I went in accounting because I took one accounting class. I think it was my junior year of high school, and I did fairly decent at it. So I was like, this makes money, so I'll do that. So this is one of the, like, the core foundational ideas of capitalism is pretty much go where the money is. You know, if there's an idea that makes money, you should capitalize on it and do that thing. And this is a problem that many people struggle with, especially students, because, you know, parents and other people will influence them and say, hey, you should really be doing what the money is calling for. Uh, for example, just used to use myself as example, my parents and grandparents and other family members have a particular qualm with me becoming a teacher. And they'll suggest things like, oh, well, you should really become a professor, right? That's the more money-driven path. And 
you know, when I say I'm a math teacher, they should say, well, maybe you should be using that math more for engineering, you know, a more money-driven path. Because of these foundational ideas of capitalism that we have, that you have a skill, you have a work set, and those things can be used to make money. And that's the primary driver. And this is something extremely interesting because there's these kind of conflicting viewpoints within our society. I mean, there's that quote that goes around that's, you know, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And yet at the same time, we have people who say, oh, go into any job just because it makes money. And, you know, then there's these statistics that go out and they say that people who actually have a lower income job, you know, not as high, maybe in the middle range, are actually more happy and more fulfilled than those who are considered to be rich or well off, which is a really interesting statistic because it kind of shows you that even though you're making the money and you did, you know, you won capitalism, you're, you're not doing much. So there's this kind of distinction between passion and profit. And hopefully the ideal is that you have those two things match each other, but that's not always the case. So that's why I was like marketing. I like the creative aspects mm -hmm. of it and it would be more interesting to learn. So I added it with communication, with emphasis media and journalism. So I still had that business degree, but then I also had the communication. So the communication is more my passion while marketing was like, if I need something, if that's not like working out, I still have a passion for it and I would mm -hmm. still like doing this. But communication was always like my number one passion and I hoped to kind of weave them together into a career. Now to me, this is like an extremely efficient strategy to living your life, you know. I have a passion and I want to pursue it, but that might not necessarily help me career-wise. So I'm going to have a backup, you know, have this backup plan where I still kind of like it. It's not necessarily my preferred choice, but it's something I can do to get that money, you know. Because again, even though we want to do what we want to do and have it make money, it, it can't always be the case. It, we live in a society where certain jobs have certain salaries and there's just no changing it because we've already ranked certain jobs over others and there's no way that that salary is going to change even though we want it to be an equal plane it's really not right so you know like what do you think about that like do do you agree that there's this kind of social hierarchy that there's this sort of not forced but implied like you should go higher on like the ladder of success yeah, I definitely think there's a social hierarchy because there's so many people that'll judge someone for what they're going for. Mm -hmm. But if they actually like stepped back and thought about it, how would their life be without that person in their life? Mm -hmm. Like, think like if there wasn't an artist, where would those paintings be in their house? Mm -hmm. They'd have blank walls and there'd be nothing pretty to look at. Mm -hmm. um, if there was no actors, there'd be nothing on TV. So then they would be bored. If there was no writers, they mm -hmm. wouldn't have anything to read. If there was no baristas, they'd have no coffee. Like, <laughs> so it's like everything has its importance. And if there wasn't that person, some people's lives are going to chaos. See, that's what's interesting about capitalism is that there is a free and open market. So people are allowed to do what they want to do. But at the same time, it's not really structured that way. I mean, lately we've been pushing STEM schools and... We've been pushing all of these higher level thinking things to students across 
the nation because we want them to excel so they can make more money so they can be ingenuitive and they can help the economy and things like that but there's still a place for everybody's but it's just not equal it's not an equal place and not only that but there's this sort of structure that's kind of built in you know you go to school, you go to school for 12 years, graduate high school, get a diploma, and then you're told you should probably go to college, get a, you know, usually a four-year school, get a bachelor's degree, and then you can go to graduate school, get a master's degree, maybe go on your way to a PhD or some other doctoral degree, and, you know, you strive to get to the top. There's really no, you know, nobody in high school is saying, oh, you know, you should go to school to be a plumber. It just doesn't happen. We just want more for our students because that's the structure that we live by. I started accounting my freshman year and I also joined the student television network right when I came into school. Um, I stayed with that my whole entire first semester. And then second semester, I was like, I still wanted that business degree because I think business is important to have because business also kind of can help you get further in other career paths that would kind of broaden it. So it's really interesting that he says this, considering we have this, you know, idea of an equal playing field, or at least we want an equal playing field. But he can acknowledge that the business degree helps, right? Knowing business helps gain more money, gain more opportunities. You can capitalize on a business degree. So as much as we want there to be this equal playing field, there's always a way to get ahead, now, I'm not trying to say that capitalism is bad or I'm trying to push the socialist agenda or anything like that. It's just something to think about. You know, we hold this system in such high regard, but we have to question whether or not it still works. I mean, it's been a system that's been in effect for plenty of years. But is it time for change? That's always the question. When do we change? You know, is this something that we can keep doing forever. I could keep going on and on about how there's a social hierarchy and how there's this sort of structure that were built to favor certain jobs over others. But instead, I want to ask a question to the audience that I also asked to my friend Chris. I just want you to think about some differences between the connotations of certain careers. Careers that are very similar in what they do, sometimes even almost exactly the same, but they have a different status. For a minute before you maybe even want to pause it to think about it, but I just want you to consider the differences between a janitor and a custodian. Two very similar things, but different names, and in your brain you probably have a different image for each of them. I want you to do the same thing with the difference between a teacher and a professor. Again, there are some stark differences, but the idea is at the base, they're essentially the same thing with different statuses. So to kind of build on this idea of how connotation can really affect our status, I want to share with you my experience from Alternative Spring Break this year, um, also known as ASB. Uh, we went down to North Carolina to do some hurricane relief in the Wilmington area. And I had the pleasure of working with a woman named Maria, 
who was the head of an organization called Walking Tall Wilmington. And this was a non-profit, non-religious organization that helped people who are living in poverty get the things they need, like food, but good food, not like soup kitchen food that's kind of donated or expired, actual community homemade meals that people from the community donate and cook and make for them, you know, fresh clothing, showers, whatever, whatever these people need, even going so far as cigarettes for those who smoke and, you know, are addicted and can't go to rehabilitation centers because they're, you know, unable to pay for it and things like that. So one of the things that she told us and taught us, I should say, is that she would never use the word homeless. She would never call them homeless because she felt that the word homeless was way too broad. You know, people who are living in RVs are homeless because it has wheels. People who are living in a hotel week by week are technically homeless. And people, you know, are are crashing on somebody else's couch, not paying rent, are technically homeless also. And just the fact that the word homeless has so much baggage to it. You know, usually you hear the word homeless and you think of some person sitting on the end of a street, holding a cup, waiting for money to come by, you know, probably haven't showered, haven't eaten, look scrawny, wearing dirty clothes, or even something like people don't believe they're actually homeless, that they're a scammer kind of waiting around, hoping that somebody gives them money so that they can go back to what they have with more money. So it's just not a great word to give somebody because it immediately puts these labels on them and it kind of immediately puts you as better than them. So that's part of her mission is to change the words to things like unsheltered, living in poverty, or living in extreme poverty because then this way it gives her and the people she works with a way of connecting with them and getting to know them and their story, them as people, as opposed to giving them a label that suddenly degrades them connotatively. Let's hear what Chris has to say about this. I don't really ever think of a difference between those fields, to be honest. I kind of <laughs> thought they were synonyms. <laughs> they more uh, or less are. I mean, they more or less are. There, there's some slight differences, but um, I know that whenever we called janitors, janitor, or whenever we called custodians janitors at our school, they always got a little bit iffy about that. They were like, no, we're custodians. So there's clearly a connotation to the word janitor that is different than custodian, and it's obviously somehow more negative than custodian is. So I want you to... What do you think about that? Like, what do you think about what the difference might be that it makes janitor worse, quote unquote, than custodian? Because for me, like, I still kind of feel like they're the same, but I get what you're saying Mm -hmm. is because I feel like custodian, I don't know why exactly, but it sounds more official Mm -hmm. than janitor. And I think it's one of those things in society where we give a connotation Mm -hmm. to a certain word that doesn't really need a connotation to that certain word. Um, Because I... Unless, like, I could be wrong, I don't think there's actually a difference between them. I think it's just, like, when you hear the word, like, Mm -hmm. custodian does sound more official. So maybe, like, when someone's called a custodian, they'll gain more respect from people. Where if they're called a janitor, maybe they get a little bit more of that sloppy, not as neat as a custodian. Mm -hmm. When I think of a teacher, I think of someone in, like, a high school, a middle school, or an elementary school. To me, that is, Mm -hmm. like, 
what a teacher is. Um, while a professor is someone in a college mm -hmm. and usually it would be have a higher degree than a teacher, but at the same time, they don't have to, because right. if they're an adjunct professor, they don't have to have a higher degree than a teacher. Mm -hmm. But if they're a full-time professor, they usually have to have a doctorate or right. at least I think a master's, but usually I think it's a doctorate. It's usually a doctorate. But are, are professors not teachers? Professors are teachers, but teachers aren't are professors. professors. Yeah, and then, that's, and then that's a correct assumption. I mean, you know... In my field, I'm obviously going to be a teacher. Yeah. Hopefully, that's the, that's the goal. Anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, and I so most certainly in my life would not want to be a professor. Because to me, those are two very different things. Um, I don't know why. They're very yeah. different things, but being a teacher and being a professor are, I don't know, to me, two very different things. Not only because you do need to have a strong academic background to be a professor. Obviously, you need a doctorate or slightly lesser degree, maybe. Yeah. Um, but to me, that like the, the professor is not necessarily a goal to me, right? Have you had, ever heard anyone say that they want to be a professor of mathematics? No, I couldn't say. I yeah, I can't really ever think of anyone saying that they want to be a professor. I've more like even if they are talking about teaching at a college, it's usually say like more almost as an adjunct to be like I wouldn't right. mind teaching a college class. Right, exactly. Like not like yeah, a full time. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like maybe when I'm 60 I'll teach a college class. And so then it comes down to that idea of of passion again, yeah. right? So like the reason like nobody's really aching to be a professor, but they'll do it because you know they got this degree and then you know they've learned all of it so they yeah. want to then give it back to somebody else. Yeah. Uh whereas a teacher very much goes into the, the, the teaching aspect where they care about the education part. So then my question is, which so societally, which one do you think we value more? Do we value the teacher more or do we value the professor more? I actually, like, I don't know if this is the common thought, but I would say we value the teacher more than a professor, to be honest, because a teacher raises our kids. Mm -hmm. A professor doesn't raise our kids. Mm -hmm. Like, a teacher is the one... They're there, like, you never hear of parents going to be like, I got to meet your professor. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they just don't say that. But they right. do say, I want to meet your teacher, especially in mm -hmm. elementary school. So, again, it's very interesting that you think that societally we prefer teachers. But, yeah. Yeah, because um, the other thing I was going to say, too, is because if you think about it, like, in high school, you... Almost every single teacher. You might have that one bad egg teacher, but usually every <laughs> single teacher you have a connection with. Right. While professors, you definitely have a connection with, but I, like, besides maybe, like, there's probably, like, those five, maybe, like, six professors you have a strong connection with. Mm -hmm. Well, almost every teacher you have a strong connection with, unless they were a bad teacher. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, when you're 60, I feel like most people could name most of their high school teachers mm -hmm. and like middle and elementary. But when you're 60, how many college professors could you name? Mm. So even in capitalism, we place some monetary value, but then there's also this unseen value, right? We value doctors not only because they're really smart and they save lives, but because they're the people taking care of us. We value teachers because they're the people teaching our kids and taking care of them when parents aren't around. So that makes you wonder, is it really that bad? 
does it need to be fixed? You know, if it isn't broken, don't fix it, that sort of thing. But you always have to wonder. <laughs>